0: Hello and welcome. This is Self Control, How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset, to go forward and build the life that you deserve to live, the life that you want to live. These are tools that you can add to your mental health and mindset toolkit. Behaviors, practices, mindset shifts, ways of thinking, advice that has served me on my journey of becoming you're welcome to take with you on yours. Today's episode, I want to talk about the hardest addiction I ever had to beat, and that was pornography use. It lowered my quality of life, it prevented me from ever getting to know myself, and it kept me from the road to a better life. Indeed, when I was using pornography, I couldn't even really get started on my journey of becoming. So we'll talk a little bit about who I was before I was able to quit, what the symptoms of a pornography addiction look like, what it does to our body, our mind, our spirit, and I'll tell you a little bit about how I quit and hopefully offer some insight for you or a loved one who's battling this addiction where you can get started on quitting pornography for yourself. So if you're ready to be happier, if you're ready to have more energy, if you're ready to take life by the horns to actively live your life, to see what it means to be human, leave pornography behind. Let's start that conversation right now. Let's go. So right now I'm undertaking something that I really wish anybody could do. I have a whole stack of videotapes from uh, 10, 15 years ago and I'm re-transferring them onto the computer and I'm watching all this footage of my past life roll in and I'm seeing myself, I'm seeing my friends, I'm seeing my family, seeing what I was really up to and who I was back then. And you know, that really allows me to to see how far I've come, but it allows me to see also how far away I was back then. And um, a lot of things really stick out really really stick out being able to look back on your life in retrospect i think you know i was blessed to have a strong family and and good friends and i was in some small way pursuing a better life through uh, through the art of filmmaking and and um, video production you know to be able to look back and see who i was then uh, before i started weightlifting so i was pretty skinny and then kind of skinny fat when i was drinking a bit and not really focused on nutrition not sleeping the greatest i noticed a sort of hunched over, slouchy posture. I notice uh, kind of a weak, nasally voice, and there's plenty of times, in fact, where I say something and then one of my friends has to ask me uh, to repeat myself uh, because I, you know, I probably wasn't looking them in the eye. I probably was saying something inconsequential, or I wasn't speaking forcefully enough. And uh, in a sense, it's shocking to see. Uh, how far I've come and and who I was back then. So I was using pornography. I was using marijuana. I was self-medicating a childhood trauma that I was still processing. You know, I was also going through some stressful situations, having uh, lost a, a close friend at a young age, only 20 years old. And also going through school, pursuing a, a degree, that's a stressful thing that I was obviously um, reacting to that stress with, with consumption and with uh, addictive behaviors. And I do think that that all led to a sort of way of looking at the world that was—it was founded on low self-esteem, low self-confidence, sort of running away from responsibility as often as possible. And seeing the world as a place that was scary, seeing the world as a place that could hurt me, judge me, seeing life as if it were happening to me and I was not actively living. And uh, there's a lot that went into that, but I have to tell you that pornography was a huge, huge part of that low self-esteem, that passiveness, that sort of, I would say I was actively demasculinizing or demasculating myself uh, through pornography. So let me just talk now about what a pornography addiction uh, was like to experience and what the symptoms of and what it's actually doing uh, to our body, our mind, and our spirit. You know, as with many, many young people, I'm sure my Foray into pornography began uh, mostly out of curiosity, right? And I, I don't think that there's anything too too strange about that. You know, you're you're just kind of getting this this newfound unfamiliar sex drive in you. You know, you're seeing uh, people that you go to school with uh, in a new light, so to speak. You're feeling that attraction. You're maybe hearing stories of some people, uh, you know, following those urges, so to speak. And you you're curious about what human sexuality is. And I really think that. If you're looking to quit pornography if pornography has become kind of a an area in your life that you think is a, is a problem you do at some point have to forgive yourself for starting right like you have to be frank and say look I've I've made a mess I've invited trouble into my life but you know I was curious I was young I didn't understand I got hooked on a very very powerful drug and I do think the first step to quitting any bad behavior or addiction I've said before it's awareness it also has to be a certain frankness, but a caringness for yourself, a sort of, a sort of compassion for yourself, to be able to say, we've made this mess, we've started this trouble, we're gonna have to get ourselves out of it. We don't have to beat ourselves up. Uh, for starting or for getting into the trouble in the first place. And so I do need to be clear here as well. When I'm talking about pornography, I am also talking about masturbation. So this episode, again, it might be a little bit more for the fellas, but you know, ladies, if you're listening, um, if there's a man in your life who's struggling with pornography addiction, maybe, maybe you can take something from this as well. And I do think there's hopefully something here for everyone, but I can really only speak to the male side of the issue. And so When we talk about masturbation, uh, it's a major, major waste of energy. It's an expenditure of energy that affects us on many, many levels. So I I really try not to preach, not to prescribe, not to tell people how to live their life. Uh, Although (laughs) I do believe pornography is one of the biggest sins or ills committed uh, on humankind. Of course, it's, it's something that's been going on for millennia. I think what it's become now is very, very evil. It's a very powerful drug. And it, of course, plays on our deepest urges and desires. But when we talk about the tendency to self-gratify or manually stimulate or masturbate ourselves while watching pornography, that is something that can cause a lot, a lot of problems. Uh, If you are someone that is experiencing mood swings, emotional instability, uh, depression, you find you're not really smiling very much, or a lack of energy, a lack of drive, a lack of aspiration towards a better life, check Check your pornography use and check your masturbation. You know, that's the vital energy for a man. And if you're constantly just sending it out the uh, out the door, so to speak, especially when coupled with pornography, and there's an insidious relation there, but generally that expenditure of energy, I don't see it as a healthy thing. I don't see it as something that needs to be done constantly. But again, this is my experience. You need to run these trials on yourself. I'm not going to tell you what to do or not to do, but consider something that takes you up to a height, there's a there's a rush, there's a high, will never bring you right back down to the baseline. It will always bring you down into that trough, into that crash. And I think if you're chronically undertaking this behavior, uh, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble emotionally and hormonally. And when I talk about the relationship between pornography consumption and masturbation, I think that's really the the insidious nature of it. It's its the pornography itself is an illusion, right? It's a, its an illusion of great, great power that fools us into thinking that we are having this sexual experience. Because you can choose anybody that looks however you want them to look, performing any act that you want to see performed. And that's a dangerous thing, right? It's, it's now created a, a relationship where you now are a spectator in your own life, right? You're not undertaking the sexual act you are simply uh, observing it. But again, coupled with the masturbation, there's now this sort of disconnect where you believe that you are undertaking this sexual act when, when in fact, you're really not. And I do think that that way of living, that mode of living, it's not so different from being a, a a rabid sports fan or a you know someone who's following politics. It's like you're becoming a follower in your own life. You're outsourcing your sexuality to something else and you're not truly having the experience of meeting a person getting to know one another seduction attraction and then going into the the sexual part of the relationship you're just going to the very end having this insane rush and then and then it's over and it's gone and what's left is there's no there's no well there's a lot of cleanup but there's no there's no come down there's no nice natural come down so to speak it's a very aggressive or or short-lived form of sexuality now, you may say that I'm, I'm overanalyzing these things and it just feels good. And that's the sort of thing that I would have said at one time. And it's, it's, it's the way that an addict speaks, right? They don't want to, we don't want to look too deeply into it. We're okay with the shame of it. We're okay with the nastiness, the dirtiness of it. And we're willing to keep living life this way. But if you don't believe that pornography and, and stimulating yourself while watching pornography is you living a fantasy, is you becoming a spectator, is you sort of pretending to be undertaking a sexual act, then you have to ask yourself, why are you orgasming when you do this? So again, if you feel like you're not going where you want to go in life, or you're not going anywhere, or there's emotional instability, you have a hard time relating to people that you are attracted to, or just relating to people generally in the world, if you're not confident in putting yourself out there, these were all symptoms that I suffered. And Looking back now I see how the pornography was a huge a huge uh, player in that in that way of feeling and being and you have to ask yourself well how confident can you truly be when there's aspects of your life that you're not fully living and when you're spectating and when you're living uh, on a fantasy level we have to admit as I did that I'm fooling myself into having these sexual encounters you know I was someone that did not have a lot of sexual variability and not a lot of partners in my younger life and when you live this way, and you're fooling yourself into these experiences. Oh, I had, I was with this woman yesterday, and this woman today, and a woman and a man, whatever you're into tomorrow, and maybe two women on Friday, because it's Friday. You fool yourself into having these true experiences, but then when you look around, it's like, well, where are these people I've supposedly been with? What happened to them? Where did they go? What have I learned? What have I learned about human relations? And the truth is nothing. I really, I really have to say to you, if you're 13, 14, 15, like I was, you know, old Patrick, he's going to try not to preach at you, but please do your best not to get swept up in that addiction because you will pay in one way or another. You will not realize, as I did not realize the reduction in the quality of my life on a spiritual level, on a psychological level, on a hormonal level, on a physical level. You do not show up in the world at your best If you are constantly using pornography, constantly masturbating, constantly giving that energy away and being a spectator in your own life. So now there's also something to be said for the ejaculation itself, right? Like I said, hormonally, it can be a problem. If we're always, always, always sending that energy out the door without the time to refuel or rebuild the supply, so to speak. And of course, if it's not obvious already, I'm not a doctor. I'm not entirely sure how this works. But I can say through my own experience that... When I stopped that chronic, chronic ejaculation, life got better. Energy levels improved. Mood improved. Strength uh, in the gym improved. I just I felt better within my within my physical self. And you may be a young man, younger than me, with a lot more juice to give, so to speak. But I can say that as I approach thirty, I'm so proud of myself. I'm glad that I was able to stop that chronic ejaculation. I'm better now when the real stuff occurs, when I'm truly intimate with my partner. And I know that when I show up in the world, women generally find me more attractive now that I'm away from pornography, away from constantly uh, masturbating, and and being someone who's keeping some of that energy for themselves. And, and it, it helps me on a sense, shine from within. All right, let me offer a little bit of insight into how I quit pornography and hopefully you can take something from it if you believe it's a step that you need to take. So I've quit quite a few bad behaviors in my life, but pornography was by far the hardest. It was a 15-year addiction um, and the process of quitting was was itself another four years and it's, it's something where I believe I'm out of the woods, I believe the worst is over, uh, but it's it's, a, it's an ongoing daily or weekly battle to stay clean and sober from it. Like I say, it's very powerful because it creates that illusion of fulfillment. It plays on our desires and obviously the behavior that goes along with it, the whole experience, it's very pleasurable. It's hard to, to imagine not doing it if it's something that you do a lot to begin with. And so it was New Year's Day of 2019 when I woke up and I realized that this is now the beginning. So it may have been a New Year's resolution. Uh, it may have been... The process of a lot of self-exploration to the point of realizing now's the time that you have to stop. And like I say, it was that was day one, but it was truly a four-year battle with a lot of relapses and a lot of regret along the way. I guess that's in a sense the second step, right? We've we've had that awareness, and we're we're willing to be kind to ourselves now and say, I guess we need to begin. Well, not I guess it's we need to begin the process, but we're not going to beat ourselves up for starting this trouble. That's the second step. Then is you have to believe that you want to do it. Don't do it because your partner says, your parents say, your friends say. All right, there's always those outside voices in our life that tell us what we have to do. Quitting an addiction has to start uh, within on a personal level. So you got to believe that you want to do it. And then from there, you have to believe that you can and you will do it, right? You have to see that end in mind. But imagine what it looks like to, to quit. How am I going to get there? But you have to first believe that it is possible and believe that you can get there. And I can't make you quit. I can't make you want to quit. I can't make you believe that your life will be better without it, even though mine has been. You have to care enough about yourself. You have to care enough about your future, about how you show up in the world for the people that matter and for yourself. You have to care enough about who you are and the gift of life that you've been given to start the process of quitting. To stop wasting your time and your energy on things that are ruining you in the long run. The things that take way more from you than they could ever give. And so I've never really been a big believer uh, in going cold turkey. If you'll remember when I talked about quitting coffee, it was pretty well a three or four month experiment of slowly uh, changing the proportions of caffeinated coffee to decaf until I got to fully decaf. And then, you know, now I'm more or less completely away from the decaf, maybe one or two cups a week. I don't personally see a world where cold turkey works for me. Uh, So if I was looking at pornography and doing the associated behaviors uh, six to seven times a week, well, let's let's start by getting it down to five days a week. Let's beat the urge once just to see what that feels like. And I'll never forget this. You know, it's something I wrote down once and I'd like to share with you is that the tiniest amount of self-discipline and the world opens up to you. So I remember it one night, I just okay, I'm going to look at the stuff. I'm going to do you know what for a little bit, but I'm not going to finish. And I'm going to, I'm going to cut it off as quick as I can. So I didn't even not do it. I still did it. I just did it for less, slightly less amount of time and didn't take myself over the edge, so to speak. I'm using these euf- euphemisms to avoid being too disgusting. But if you're still here, I guess you know what I'm talking about. The next day, uh, so I'm a freelance videographer. I, I go wherever the the money is I go wherever the people need me uh, to help create video content for their brands. I walked into this place. I've never been there. I didn't know any of these people, and we did a great job of creating a video based on a script that we all felt good about. And in the moment, as I was doing this this work, you know, shooting and directing, making sure the sound was good, the lighting, all that stuff, I felt sharp. I didn't feel that sloppiness that comes the day after you just did you know what into a sock and fell asleep. And that was all I needed. It was still going to be a four-year battle from there, but seeing the light, so to speak, realizing that the tiniest amount of self-discipline really made a big difference in my life. It allowed me to do a better job. Uh, it allowed me to be a more relatable person because I just felt this little extra bit of energy, this little extra bit of lift and light within my being because I hadn't given it away the night before. So again, you can apply that thinking to the kind of content you're consuming. If you're someone that's into the hardcore videos, okay, maybe one less day a week. Maybe we can start to roll back on the hardcore and look at some more softcore some less uh, some less graphics some less intense content maybe just still images of the people you find attractive just posing maybe we're not we're looking less and less at the act of sex itself now i as you know i just recently finished a, a series of episodes on on beating addiction it was a four part series we had the We had the the main episode that broke down the process and then each step then got its own episode. So I would encourage you to go back to that series of episodes from May 12th, May 14th, 19th, and 23rd if you want to then take that process and apply that to quitting pornography or quitting masturbation. I think what you'll find in there is that it's a call. All addiction is a call to get to know ourselves. We can't at least in my experience, overcome the problem fully until we know exactly why we're doing it. You know, what what hole is it filling in our life? How often are we doing? What drives us to do it? And that that method that I talk about in those episodes is really driven at awareness. And it's at about recording your behavior and then searching for the trends and the triggers and the things that are going on in your life and the things that are leading you to that behavior. You know, so often, We use pornography, not necessarily because we're sexually aroused, but out of loneliness, out of frustration in some other aspect of life, Um, physical pain, um, hunger, tiredness, dehydration, you name it. It's a very, very easy and it's a very, very powerful painkiller. And too often we fall into that trap of becoming addicted to those things that are killing the pain. Well, this thing, this method then that we talk about in those episodes is a call to find the source of the pain, learn to anticipate the pain, seek to eliminate the pain and stop using cheap painkillers. And again, you can apply that method to the masturbation as well. Like just why is it that you physically need to touch yourself, grab yourself in that way? Of course, you know, of course that goes along with it. And of course, that's part of being a live sexual human being is the urge to physically express that. But You know, perhaps we can, again, start to roll back how often we do it. You know, for me, it was a way to control my pleasure, to take back some control that had been taken from me at a young age. It was a way for me to live the fantasy that I was seeing on the screen. Man, that took like years and years of writing and journaling and therapy too to to get to that point. So again, it was a call for me to get to know myself. That physical aspect of watching the pornography, that that self-gratification... It was a way for me to control my pleasure. It was a way for me to take back control. And you know, it's it's not necessarily a shameful thing. It's, it's something that, it's part of being a live sexual human being to express that drive. But it becomes this kind of closed loop where that energy is, you're driving that energy back into yourself and it's leading to more frustration. Let me just suggest a couple of things to you. And I take no liability in this and you need to be careful with it. But... Perhaps consider uh, what they would call edging. To me, the problem is is the completion, is the orgasm. If you're having all these orgasms a week alone, watching a, mo- a movie essentially, that to me is a problem. It would be hard to quit it all at once. So you may need to start rolling back the pornography use, but roll back the physical gratification even slower. You know, practice edging where you don't take yourself all the way over the edge. Uh, right? Like do it, but not to completion. There's also a couple of, these are Taoist practices, which is, I guess, an Eastern philosophy that I found very useful. Testicle breathing and the big draw. And I'm not, those definitely deserve their own episode. Maybe I will do that, but you can look them up. You can find out a lot of information about them. It's the idea of that male sexual energy. It's about channeling it from where it's sort of pent up and caged up and, you know, where, where you'd imagine it would be and spreading it out through your whole body. I've had a lot of success with both these practices. It has brought a real calm, a real vigor to my life. And it has allowed me to really take the final steps of breaking free from pornography. So... Don't be afraid to look into the big draw and testicle breathing as a way to free that energy, free that rage and frustration and and longing and sadness and loneliness. And let that that male energy, let the essence of what you are spread out over your whole body. Don't, Don't get rid of it. Don't keep it caged up, but let it flow throughout your entire being. So I often ask myself, how did I know that a better life was possible? And I do think a big part of that was because of the pain I went through, the suffering and the addiction. I guess at some point I reasoned, well, this can't be all there is. And like I say, when you're willing to take one step towards better, you see that whole world open up to you. So this is what I hope for you. It's if pornography and masturbation have become an evil in your life, if they become a, a drain on your energy, They affect who you are. They affect your relations. You can't quit it all at once. And it may be years before you fully understand how deep in the hole you are. But take one step. Take a half a step. Take two steps forward and two steps back. And then two steps forward and one step back. Once you see the light, I know that'll drive you towards believing that better is possible. And by beating one addiction, you know, once you've taken all those steps and you've eradicated that from your life, the clarity the freedom, the self-knowledge, the self-control that you've now gained that you can apply to other aspects of your life, it's immense. And it. that's what showed me that better was possible. Once I took control of myself and said I don't need to live this way anymore. Then I realized that well that's what better would look like. Better looks like taking control. And so that's what I hope for you and what I what I want for you and I'd love to hear from you if there's any addiction that you're battling, you know, let's talk about it. Let's use the process that I spoke about earlier. Let's let's start a discussion around coming to know ourselves. The addiction is in a sense the symptom of the of of a larger problem of of Unawareness and pain killing. And uh, I think that, you know, hopefully these words can can echo into your life and make some sense or in, in your loved one's lives. Let's build a community around that, around coming to know who we are. All right, there you have it. Hopefully not too disgusting for you. I hope that it helps. <laughs> uh, pornography is indeed one of the biggest evils perpetrated on mankind. I try not to preach, but there's a couple things that I'm very passionate about. That is one of them. If you're a young person, do your best to stay away from it. I know it's hard when you're when you're so young and full of you know what, and you you want to live that life and you want to you want to live that part of life I should say and it's understandable and it's not wrong, but there's healthy ways to express sexuality and there's healthy ways of dealing with that energy and uh, you know you might be better off <laughs> you might be better off going and doing a hundred push-ups than uh, jerking off into a sock so to speak. So um, this one was from the heart. I hope it helps. I hope it makes a difference in your life. Please let me know. There's a link in the show notes to, um, to get in touch with me. And until we speak again, please, please remember that better is possible.